just want to remind you that we do what? We wear a tie so that we can make an impact. That means we're analyzing, we are troubleshooting, we are implementing, and then we're empowering the women in our homes, in our communities, and around the world, right? And when we are empowering them, that's what? That is making an impact. And the quickest and easiest way that you can do that is by what? By sharing this message. And so without further ado, here is the Bible teaching. Now, when people abuse power, a lot of times they will do it when they have information on you. Last week, we talked about people abusing power when they have positions of authority. And the week before that, we talked about people abusing power when what? When they have food. And so this week, we're going to focus on people abusing their power when they have some type of information about you, right? And they figure, okay, I got this information about you and nobody else knows about it, right? And then what happens is that they take that information and they hold it over your head and they use it as bait so that what? They can get you to do whatever it is that they want you to do, right? To keep you immobile slash stagnant, right? And feeling like you're stuck and you can't go anywhere because in the back of your mind, it's like, okay, I know he knows about me doing this. I know she knows about me doing this. I know the group I hung out with back in the day, they know about me doing this, right? And what happens in this situation is that you feel like you can't move forward because you got this information that's gnawing in the back of your head, right? It's like a bad nightmare that you cannot wake up from, right? And you keep wondering, man, if I don't do what they're gonna, what they want me to do, they're gonna tell all my business and everybody's gonna find out and they're going to think what? That I'm a fake. They're gonna not believe that I am the person that I am, the authentic person today, if they find out what I did in my past. And you see, what happens is that Satan uses our past as bait to keep us what? To keep us immobile and stuck, like we're stuck in mud, right? From, from the present time and from moving forward for our future and for us having that John 10, 10 life. I, the thief coming to kill, steal, and destroy is what Jesus said. But I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly, right? They want you to what? To, to miss out, to X out on that abundant life and that life of freedom, right? And you keep thinking, okay, if I don't, if, if, if I don't do what they tell me, they're going to tell all of my business, right? Either way it goes, it's going to be a lose-lose situation because if you don't do what it is that what? If, if you're locked into uh, doing what it is they tell you to do, right? Or being who they tell you to be so that they don't tell your business, that's bondage. And then what happens is if you continue living the way that you're living, even if they don't do that, but you, you keep the secret to yourself. You're living in bondage either way. You're living in bondage by keeping this information in the back of your mind. And then you, if that's not the case, and then you're living in bondage if it's someone else holding the information over your head and saying they're going to go out and tell all of your business to everybody else. You know, once you're in a place of prominence or whatever. So either way it goes, right? You're going to be what? You're going to be bound by shame and fear and guilt for what you've done in the past. And a lot of times people will do this when they know you've gotten to a certain point of elevation, when you've got a certain point of leadership at your church and your small group, right? In ministry and business, right? Look at the uh, politicians. It happens all the time. Somebody brings up some mess that they did in high school and college. 
all of a sudden it comes out when they are uh, in the lead. When, when the polls are showing they're in the lead, right? They bring all of this mess out in the last minute. Like it could have been brought out before they started the campaign. They know just the right timing. People sit back and they wait for your downfall and they plan it all based upon information that they have on you and something that happened in the past. And people are naturally, and what happens is a lot of times we worry about people falling off from us because of what it is we did in the past. People are going to naturally fall off anyway. As we're elevating, God's just going to release some people that we, we can't release ourselves. He, he's just going to say, what? I'm going to release them from your life for you, right? Since you can't seem to get it together and do it, right? They're naturally going to fall off, right? But then the thing about it is if people are going to fall off from us because they found out about something that happened in our past, a life that we no longer live, right? They need to fall off anyway, right? They're not the people that need to be in our inner circle, right? And like I said, when it comes to the politicians, all of this stuff resurfaces later and they have to deal with shame and embarrassment because they kept all of it a secret instead of in the beginning, just putting it all out there. I'm just letting you know, this is what happened in my past. That's not who I am anymore. I live authentically in abundance and freedom and in my truth. And this is who I am today and I'm moving forward. When we don't do that, a lot of times what happens is that we get in trouble because the other people who are holding the information over our head is holding this information as bait based upon their shame, their insecurities, the toxic envy and jealousy that they hold in their hearts and they refuse to look at, right? And so we got to get to the point where you're like, you know what? If that's what you're going to do, go right on ahead. Be my guest. I'll go with you to tell them once you're ready to go tell them about what it is that I did based upon my proclivities, brokenness, unresolved trauma, right? Based upon all of that and the context of the situation, right? And the tools, knowledge, and resources that I had available at the time. So if you want to go ahead and tell them, I'm going to go with you and I can tell them with you what we're seeing, right? Shame begets shame. Truth begets freedom and it begets abundance. And it's not to say we're never going to experience shame again about what we did in the past. What it means is that it's not going to rule over us and, and control us, so to speak, where we're making decisions out of shame, fear, and guilt over what we did in the past, right? And so what happens is that we're people, we're human, we're human beings, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to fail at certain things, right? But talking to friends, talking to therapists, pastors, and mentors help to dispel and uh, decrease that intensity of pain and shame. And when we're around people who shame us, it only what? Increases our proclivity to keep secrets alive. And you know how it is, how it was growing up back in the day. Whatever happened in this house stays in this house. So it's like, you can't tell anybody. People doing whatever it is they want to do, adults in the household, but you can't say anything about what's going on, right? And sometimes people come up to, you know, remember you used to do this and that? Remember when you smoked this and that? Remember we used to get high? Remember we drank, drank this and that? Remember you were hopping out of bed with it every time Dick and Harry? Yeah, I remember that. I do. And those are things I'm not proud of, right? As far as the response to that, right? We can say what? Yeah, I remember that. I do. And those are things I'm not proud of. However, those are things that's in my past. I'm not letting the shame and pain of my past destroy my present, <laughs> my present moment, right? 
and my future moving ahead. I'm moving. I've moved forward for that from that rather. And then you can say, well, maybe you need to be able to move forward from that too, right? Not having shame over your head any longer, right? And what happens is letting them know too, God has forgiven me. I repented for what I did and I don't need to keep going with that, right? And then just, just in case you want to try to hold it over my head or go tell Sally Sue and Betty Boo or whoever it is, right? Letting them know, I already told my small group, I told my congregation, I told my inner circle, I told my wife, fiance, girlfriend, boyfriend, I already let all of them know. So you're not telling them anything that they don't already know. And if it's a few details I left out, I can go with you and you can remind them of the few details that need to be told, right? And so what happens is that if these people are going to turn against you, that they're going to go and tell, they didn't need to be in your life in the first place, right? They have their own sin and brokenness. Who are we to judge other people when we have our own sin and brokenness? But people will use information about you that they know one, no one else knows to hold it over your head, to have power over you, right? It's emotional blackmail, right? And it's also emotional abuse, right? And so if a person want to keep reminding you of your past, right? Those are not people you want to be with. If every time you turn around, they keep reminding you of what you did. It's different if you judge somebody else and say, well, you know, don't forget, you struggled as well, right? But just to keep reminding you of your past so that you can't, what, live in the present moment or move forward in the future because they figure they have to devalue every person, place, thing, and or idea that you value. That's emotional abuse, right? It's emotional abuse, right? And so what happens is that that means that there are those people who are not meant to be in your lives. God will isolate and separate you so that he can what bring forth those people that are meant to be in your life. Right. It's not going to last forever. Right. It is not going to last forever. And nine times out of 10, the people that's coming to you saying this mess, they lack self-awareness themselves. They're self-deceived into thinking that they are what in a better position of being one up than you are. Right. <laughs> They're in a superior, greater than position. If we want to talk about numbers and you think about Nathan, the prophet, he went to David and confronted him about his sin, but it went in a nasty way. Right. He wanted to break that seared conscience in David that had occurred from his sin and to pierce his heart so he could seek repentance. He didn't say it in a nasty way like, yeah, you've been hopping around with everybody. You've been with everybody all over the town. He didn't say that. Right. He did not say this. And you're doing this and that and this and that. And, and, and sleeping with everybody. He didn't say that to David. He appealed to David's shepherd side. And when we come to people and talk to them about their sin, we need to be able to appeal to their strengths, not to their weaknesses. We're not trying to tear them down when we confront them with sin. We're still trying to build them up and edify. That's the purpose of our conversation, not to bring deaf words to them, right? And I want to read the story before I close of how Nathan approached David about his sin, Right? And that way we can understand how to approach people. It says, the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. 
David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, you are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel said, I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives to you and to your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you any more, even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what's evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. This is what the Lord says out of your own household. I'm going to bring calamity upon you because you're very before your very eyes, rather. I will take your wives and get them to the one who is close to you. And he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. When we are able to admit the truth, we can come up with a resolution. When we have the truth, we keep ourselves in bondage, right? The scriptures say we should know the truth. And the truth shall set us free, right? And so what happens is I want to challenge you today, right? To understand that you are enough. You don't have to allow somebody to use their power over you from information that they have on you. You can be set free from shame, fear, and guilt, right? Reclaim your power, soul, and identity today. And then I want to challenge you to reclaim the power, soul, and identity of your calling. Grab your keys to the kingdom and get your inheritance. Again, I'm Katina Horton. I'm the Love and Freedom Toxic Relationship Recovery Coach. Be blessed and share the message. Until next time.
makes no sense I'm trying to do it on my own He gave more than I could have known He turned those valleys into places to learn Instead of burn and perish away In nights never so cold Without His grace How could I say That I've seen the world From His great love How could I know What He could love How would I have seen What He had in store for me if I didn't give up and let him be my valley of grace Where things would change and maybe they'd take up the cross high again The valley of grace never was the same after he had died The love that refined Change. I've seen the lies of 